So in the last episode, we discussed what to do if you feel undermined by your wife. And in this one, you wanted to talk about what to do if you feel undermined by your kids. As one of your kids, I can tell you I've never undermined you in my life, and I have no idea what you're going to talk about in this episode. So please enlighten me. What does that even look like? Yes. Uh, yeah, I will uh, back up uh, to to uh, put this in context because it's really fascinating. When we went to uh, the counselor uh, at for marriage counseling, um, he said, and there were things that were going on with our kids and we're like, okay, you know, like I need to work on this or that with the, with the kids. And, and the counselor said, well, quite frankly, this is the way that it works. Um, you come to me and you say, Hey, there's something going on with my kids and people do this all the time. And I say, okay, you know, I want to work with you and your husband first or your husband, and your wife, or, you, know, uh, you and your wife first. Um, and, uh, and the people are like, no, 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 no. The problem is my kids. And he'll say, no, 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 no. <laughs> but like the kids are always a manifestation of, the husband-wife relationship. So the difficulties and challenges that are going in, going on with their kids, and sure, they're all unique and they have their different things. They are responding to what's happening in the husband-wife relationship. And it's like, whoa. And if you're not willing to work on your relationship, um, what's going to happen is I'm going to start working with uh, your kids. And all I'm going to do is I can work on just the symptoms on the top, but I can't get to the root cause. And the root cause comes down to, you know, you and your wife and how you run the household and how you interact um, with the kids. So, you know, the first thing to know is that, you know, if you feel like you're being undermined by your kids, look at your relationship, number one, with God, you know, where are you at with your prayer life, your sacraments? Um, and then uh, secondly, uh, really big, where are you at with your relationship with your wife? Um, get that where it needs, both of those where they need to be. And it's, and then you have a foundation to stand on to actually pull up the mountain your children and to be able to work with them. Because if you're feeling undermined by your kids, um, there's several things that can be going on. Uh, the two big ones, uh, for sure, um, one is, uh, is they may just be ref reflecting and speaking the upset that's going on between uh, that your wife is feeling towards you. <laughs> so if, you're, if your child is undermining uh, you, it's just like, it's because they may be ticked off. And I, you know, I had an experience where, you know, my own life where, um, uh, you know, something that went, had gone on with my dad. And, um, and so like I started to be uh, between my dad and my mom. And I thought when my, the way that my dad had acted towards my mom was unjust. And so I started to be really, uh, gruff with my dad and kind of huffing he'd say things and i'd be like <laughs> you know and, and like and i was really disrespectful what was really happening is i was mad at him because of the way that he was interacting with my mom so it was like injustice i was trying to stand up for and i didn't realize this i was a little kid but looking back now it's like that's totally what was happening so on the one hand your child could be responding to and this is you need when you're getting undermined you need to like look behind it what what's happening because surely you know if you if my dad had just corrected me so michael you know you shouldn't be uh, gruff towards me and be like, or, you know, disrespectful or huffing at me. And I would say, okay, you know, like, like, okay, you know, I shouldn't. And I would just comply because he told me to comply. Um, he would have needed to dig deeper to say like, well, like what's, what's going on? Like, you know, tell me, um, tell me something. And again, this is a, a good technique. Tell me, um, uh, and it's a good technique where you do both sides of it. Tell me something that I'm doing well, you know, or maybe two things that I'm doing well that you want me to continue. And then tell me one thing, 
just one, <laughs> that you want me to correct. Pick the, the, the one thing that you want me to correct. Um, the good thing with it, it doesn't become a dump session uh, because you start with the good things. And there were good things that my dad was, was doing far more um, than the bad things. And so we get on the table and it, it sets the relationship right. Just like when you're praising God, the first thing you need to do, you, like, you start with thanksgiving and then that sets you right in your relationship with God. Then you can move um, towards petition. And so when I start with my uh, with my dad, it would have been appropriate to say, "Well, gosh, I really appreciate that you you know you're taking care of us. You keep you know you keep the utilities on, blah blah blah." And then on the flip side, it's just like, "Okay, if I can change one thing, I probably be be aware, Dad would have told him not the biggest thing because I probably would have been scared to tell him the biggest thing. And the biggest thing was like, I think you're being you know the way that you acted was disrespectful towards mom. Um, and the, so the way that you can do that is that you ask them, just expect they're going to give you the, the the easy ball first and say like, well, I'd appreciate it like if you would you know sometimes come to my track meet or something. It's like okay. Um, and, uh, and so like, I'll try to do that. And then if you're courageous dad and, and it's something you can handle and that was kind of a softball, then just say, you know, is there, is there anything else? Um, is there anything else? You know, like, I, I think I can handle one more, you know, give me one more. And they might get enough courage to say, and if they kind of wait and then like, oh, they're thinking there's something that they're deciding, are they going to tell you or not? And don't force them. Just know, you know, that there's, there's a big monster back there that, you know, it's kind of scary to them to let you know. Uh, what's going on. And so, um, and so that's fine. You know, if they're not ready, they're not ready, but you know, out of love for them, you want to come back because that monster is eating away at your relationship. That's the underminer is that monster of, of their upset towards you. So, uh, so, the, so the first thing is they could be, uh, it could, their upset could be over your relationship with your spouse. Um, an, uh, another common big one is, is your relationship with them. Like back to the, you know, you don't come to my track meet. The only time that you talk to me is you're correcting me um, and you're asking me about school. And it's like, you're, you never ask about, like you don't seem to really care about me, but you just care about, am I, am I hitting my marks? Am I getting good grades? Am I, you know, making my accomplishments in sports? Um, and then that comes down to is like, is that all you really care about? You know, do, do you care about me, the person behind those accomplishments and the difficulties that went into those accomplishments or the fact that I didn't make those accomplishments? Like, am I mud now? Am I worthless? Um, and so if you're being undermined, that's an, another area where it's going to be. It's just like, am I really uh, the question I have to ask as a dad? Am I uh, really focusing in on paying attention to my child, delighting in my child, looking for the good in my in my child? And, and saying like, what, what are some things again that, that, um, uh, that, cause you can, you can go both ways, uh, to, to ask, to, you know, say to them, like, here's two things that you're doing well, your child might melt like butter <laughs> when you say those two things. And you might decide not to bring up the, the, the thing that you want them to change. Cause you realize, oh my gosh, like this is the first time my child has responded to me so positively. So Decide whether or not you're going to bring up the thing that you want to change. Um, and don't just throw out the good thing, uh, throw up real, really quickly the good things um, so that you can quickly get to the one that, that you don't want. Like, look for something that's really good that you appreciate that you see your child. Like, you know, I notice that you're always taking out the tr trash or trash, or I notice that. Um, that you're helping your your little brother, you know, get dressed in the morning. It's like I really appreciate it. Or I notice that you know you jump in and help, um, you know, help with dinner with your mom. Like I really appreciate it. 
you say that and that that could be like balm to them. They could say like, oh, you notice? Like, I didn't know that you noticed. Like, thank you. So, so when you do this back to your children and bring up some of the good things that they've done, um, you may just say, let's stop there. You know, like we've, we've, made, we've made good progress. Um, but then with those two, it's easier, you know, if you build that up to, to come back and say, you know, you know one thing I'd, I'd ask you to change is this thing over here. Um, and now and you have to know my wife is good at saying, listen, um, who's the child here? Who's the who's the parent? And so sometimes when <laughs> the when I remember times when even when you would bring things up uh, to me and like I would want to my defensive side would want to say, well, wait a second, you didn't understand that right, and there was more that was going on, and uh, and defend myself uh, as opposed to just saying, okay, you know, let me let me think about that. Let me let me see what I can do to change that. Um, and even if there's a lot of other things going on, there's obviously something that's bothering them. <laughs> and if I love them. I want to change. If I love you. I want to. I want to change that thing that's really bothering you. Um, if it's something that's easy to change and it, you know, makes sense. Um, so, and a lot of times it does. And it's uh, and even if it's a tough thing to change, if I love my child, like I want to change the things that are hurting them. And it is a glorious moment <laughs> if your child, if you've set enough of a stage that they feel comfortable enough to tell you how you're offending them. Because you represent God in their life, and for them to come against you and 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 say, you know what what you're doing wrong is really hard for a child. And so, like, don't push them on that. Um, and and you know, it, it's important to, to try to look for it for them. And and maybe even if you if you think you know what it is, say, you know, I, I have been thinking about. You know, uh, like I saw you the other day when I was um, talking to mom, and I you know like I was, I was, I was. I talked harshly towards mom and I saw the look on your face and you know, that, that wasn't right. And I apologize to mom. Um, but like, I need to apologize to you too, not just because you saw it, but because she's your mom and she doesn't deserve to be treated that way. And, uh, like I just, and you know, it was, it wasn't just offensive to her. It was offensive to you. And like, I, I apologize for that. Um, and well, that it's, it's a form just... of intimacy on behalf of the child to come forward and be vulnerable enough to say, this is bothering me mm. because mm -hmm. I, I think in the moment, because I remember some of the times that I came to you because I was really frustrated about something. And looking back now, I could see that you were getting really defensive and mm -hmm. in the moment for you, I don't think you saw that as me trying to work on our relationship by pointing out the things that, that weren't good. You saw that as me like attacking you in your position as father. And there were times where you, where you would pull the, well, you know what? I'm the dad and this is the way it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And those mm -hmm. weren't the moments that helped to grow our relationship. The moments that mm -hmm. helped grow our relationship were when there was something that I felt was unjust and we did talk it through. And sometimes whatever it was changed. Sometimes I came to a deeper understanding of what was going on because you were willing to have the discussion with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would, uh, I would totally agree that whole, I love the wording of intimacy because we're like, we're made for intimacy. We're made in the likeness and image of God, who is a community of persons in an eternal exchange of love. That's the definition of the Holy Trinity, which is the mystery that we can never define, but <laughs> some understanding of it. Well, if you know that, and you know that that's what you're made for, then, uh, and when you look at some of the icons, you have, you know, the father gazing at the son and the son gazing at the father and the Holy Spirit, uh, like the gaze between them. And you start to understand, like, we're made for intimacy and intimacy is into me see, like that you have an, an idea of like, where is this person coming from and where am I coming from? And so in that vulnerability where I share 
where I'm coming from, uh, there's there's a way in which that like we grow in love because it's like, oh, okay, like I understand you, but like knowledge of you is helping me to have more feelings toward you, like, like loving feelings, because like, I know you better. And the other side, when, uh, when you feel understood, when it's just like, oh, you know, like that must've really hurt when I said that. And you say, yes. Um, and at that point I need to, uh, I learned this, uh, not blame, complain, or explain, <laughs> like just close my mouth. Um, just in that moment, sit with the, uh, with the connection of being like, this is tough. And then you can feel understood. And a lot of times after you feel understood, you will come back, you know, uh, or, or I, you know, in, in a relationship where it's like, okay, I feel understood now. Now it's easier for me to try to understand you and to where it's like, okay, you know what? And I'm sure that I was kind of a, a jerk and I was disrespectful in the way that I said this to, to you. And so what happens is, <laughs> is that now you've outed yourself and that's far more powerful than if I do it. Because if I do it, I'm kind of doing it in a, in a judgment, like, well, you were disrespectful. But if you say, you know, like I was, because uh, my goal is for you to see it and to change. And if you already tell me that you see it and that you're going to work on it, like I feel relieved. I don't feel like I need to parent you through this. And, you know, and, and from the other side of it, it's like if I out myself, you know, to you, you like you can you can feel like okay he's dad's kind of getting it and, he, and he's he's listening this time maybe he'll listen next time um and what what's that that like that's friendship that's intimacy and sure I, absolutely there is the hierarchy of of parents and children and and there are some things that that you can't go into depth with your children about like i get that um i relied too much on the hierarchy when i wasn't really paying attention more to loving you. And I was just trying to check things off the list and move on and be like, okay, I got that handled next. Um, as opposed to, did I handle it well? Did I handle it in a way that we grew in love with each other? At the beginning of the movie Hitch, Will Smith says that 90% of communication isn't coming out of your mouth. A lot of its tone, mm -hmm. a lot of its body language. And I have to be honest, I've never been a fan of the compliment sandwich that let me tell you mm. two good things that you're doing. And then I'm going to tell you one bad thing. The reason yeah. why is because I felt like I need like, like what was actually happening was that the person was saying, I have this bad thing that I need to tell you. And you yeah. are too stupid, too emotional, too negative, negative, mm. negative to get it. So I'm going to butter you up with two good mm -hmm. things that I don't actually mm -hmm. believe and had no interest in telling you in the first place. But because I have right. to tell you this negative thing, I'm going to tell you the two positive things just to, to right. butter the Racist whole thing up. Kids. And I think the reason why is because often the, the 90% of communication on those two positive things is that they don't actually matter because they never come mm -hmm. up in any context other than when I have something negative mm. to say. And this, yeah, it, it's funny because you've complimented me countless times over the course of my life. I remember specifically only one of them and it had nothing to do with you pre prepping me for something, some, for some constructive criticism. It was we, for the first five years of my career working with my film company, my film company was in the back of the garage. I had a Honda Accord six inches behind me and a wall right in front of me. <laughs> but, uh, to my right was a door and behind that door was you in your office. And there was one point 
I had headphones on. I was editing. I was listening to music. I don't remember. I took them off and you were on the phone with somebody. I don't know who. You didn't know I was listening. And you were saying, the thing that's great about Johnny Andrew is he has a way with story where he'll make things, he'll he'll make connections in these interviews that I would not have seen without him. And I remember that to this day because you had no vested interest in me hearing that. Mm. There was no ulterior motive. And so I think that what you said earlier about starting with the two positive things and then sometimes realizing you need to stop there kind of actually reflects that you as a parent need to have a relationship with your kids. And frankly, kids need to have with their parents a relationship where there is plenty of affirmation without strings. Because if, you get, if you're only ever giving compliment sandwiches, you're almost saying these compliments are contingent on you fixing this part of yourself. I only love you if, you're, if you do these things to become good enough. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's a dangerous precedent to set with your kids. Yeah. And, and I think uh, yeah, I, that's an excellent point. Um, and I think right on, right on track. And, and it's just, it's revelatory for people who are listening. Um, my, my own, uh, like my own weakness that I was, uh, that I was really out of tune. Um, I mean, just the, even you re- recall, you know, bringing this up just um, shows uh, how much my head was in a space of trying to get things done and get my agenda um, taken care of and not being really in tune to say like, what, what is my child need? And then that question, which the counselor said, you know, with regard to Maria, but it also applies directly to my kids. If you really love your kids, you know, you want to give them what's good and what's the best. It's like, right. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Now what's the best for your child? Your best for your child is for your child to be seen for your child to be loved for your child to feel delighted in. That's the sunshine that makes them grow. How often like, am I doing that? And so clearly I was starving out my kids, like some of the undermining that I had. Um, and I see it with some of the kids more than others um, where like I was, uh, like I didn't give that sunshine. And then I'm complaining that the plant is, is sick. It's like, well, hello, you know, my, I need to reflect the father and the father in heaven delights in us, even when we have stinky diapers. And it's easier for me uh, to, to look at a little child who's so cute with a stinky diaper. And like, I don't like, I was like, okay, let's get that thing changed. And it's like almost a joyful event. It's like, Ooh, you know, you you know, make, uh, make light of it. <laughs> you know, that really stinks. That's gross, but it's not condemnatory. I'm not like, gosh, you know, there you go. You're pooping again. It's like, well, welcome to the human race. <laughs> we all do it. Um, but <laughs> the way the way that that it's like it's easier with a cute little child to accept that well that doesn't change you know we, we still need that same delighting in uh even when we're doing emotional pooping on on other people or on our parents so i would say that 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 was that was the the revelation and this is back to the counselor saying like you know if you want to fix your children um then the best thing that you can do is gaze upon them with delight look for the things that are are good that you can really appreciate, not the ones that you can say, well, that's easy. You know, you did well on that test. No, 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 no. You need to look to things that have to do with character and virtue and, and ways in which they sacrificed because those things they have control over. They don't have control over necessarily. I mean, they can get control over your um, studying for tests and doing well and putting in the effort. Sure, I get that. But then 
There's, uh, and you can improve your talent, great. But there are some people whose talent level is like so much more in various areas. And so they tend to get a lot of compliments there. Um, and that's good. And they, they mo mo both kids might put in 10 hours of work. And this one is just doing phenomenal after 10 hours of work. And this one is getting a B. And so, um, and whatever, in sports or whatever the thing is going to be. So, um, so more important really comes down to is like, what type of effort are you putting in? What's the virtue? What's the sacrifice? Uh, the, the widows might, you know, the widow didn't put in uh, more money than the other, but she put in less, but what it meant to her was more si significant. So um, I would say that it would like, it was a wake up call in my after the counseling, which again, we, we still like, everything wasn't solved with the counseling. Don't want that to be, uh, to, to be the message, but it gave us tools so that we can solve far more. And he even said that he's like, I'm not, we're not going to resolve everything here, but I'm going to hand you tools so that you would be able to get closer to resolving stuff sooner. Then back to the kids, I started to realize like, well, I need to do more to warm up the relationship with the kids. I need to as well understand where my kids are coming from. And so it became a more concerted effort for me to, to ask more questions and, and be quiet. And I remember this one day I was, uh, I was, we, we had come home and it was time to start school. I was going to head into my office and uh, my daughter Mercedes got on her bike and uh, she said, hey, do you want to ride to the end of the block with me? Which um, I hadn't been doing a lot of that. And so I just said, okay. And I remember thinking, I've got this meeting and this meeting. And, uh, and then I almost stopped myself and just thought, did you realize you just said, okay. Um, and so like, I went to get the bike quickly, you know, to get it over with. Um, and so we rode to the end of the block and something about riding to the end of the block gave me enough time and the air blown in my face that I kind of momentarily was able to set aside all the tasks that I was going to get done that day. And then we rode back to the driveway. And as we got off, um, she said, well, let me tell you about my bike. And at that point, like I'm struggling because it's like, okay, I already took time. And uh, internally, I didn't, you know, I was trying not to show that, but I'm sure I sure showed that, you know, the kids pick all that up. And so, you know, I stopped with her and I said, okay. And I was like, you know, what's she going to show me? It's a bike. And she, so she pointed out the bell and she said, well, this is actually uh, a communication device. And so I can use that as a spy and I can, you know, I can communicate with other spies in the neighborhood. And then she pointed to the handlebar and this actually has a pole that comes out of it and I can use it like as this weapon. And she started to describe this whole console, console in front of her that wasn't visible to my eyes, but it was in her imagination. And I lit, like my jaw was dropping. I was, and it was, it was funny. It was interesting. It was super creative. And as she went through the litany, I just, I, like, I felt myself saying, you almost missed this. Like, do you realize that this is your precious daughter and you had no idea of this entire world that was going on every time she got out, got on a bike? And this probably happened with your younger kids, which is a point, I mean, your older kids, which is a point of regret. And you don't know anything about it. <laughs> and so, and you were just blessed for this one moment that she let you into that world. And it was like, oh my gosh. And it was like, like I learned things about her that I didn't know before. And I thought, you know, her, and I found out that her sisters knew she did that. I didn't. Her mom probably knew. I didn't. And so after that, I came into my office and, and I sat down and I just thought, well, like, first of all, pray, thank you, God, that I didn't miss that because I almost missed it and I could have missed it for my lifetime. Um, and secondly, it's it's like, you know, look, it took another five minutes. And how many times do I blow, blow five minutes looking up something on the internet, reading an article, you know, doing something else? And this is like, and that went into my child. And so that shifted. That was a shift where I was like, oh my gosh, like what else am I missing? Um, what else have I I've been clueless to? And that, 
And so what happened with that is that like the next time she asked me, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. And then it started to be like, hey, who, let, let, who wants to ride to the end of the block? And it became this thing with my younger daughters where we would ride in the block and we would ride a scooter um, and I would call it my commute to work. <laughs> so we would we would ride down and we'd ride around the neighborhood and we'd come back. And because I could have been commuting to work, but I didn't have my my work was at home. So like 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 that became my new commute and how that changed our relationship. Like I got to know them better. I got to know their personalities better and (laughs) they started to like me more. So I was liking them more because I was delighting in them because it was really cool stuff to delight in. I was like, wow, look at this this little creative personality, all the things she's coming up with. Um, And like so I was like I was falling in love with her um, and the other kids in a way that it's like that wasn't hadn't wasn't happening before but they w- were starting to fall in love and like me more and so guess what happened i got undermined less um there were times that they would come alongside and put their arm around me and hug me and say you know thanks dad i really love you and i thought oh my gosh like um this is a front-loaded proposition when it comes to relationship building doing the right things looking to delight in my children from like from the get-go uh, makes a huge difference in being able to uh, parent them and for their their openness to me. And so um, the sorrow in that is that I look back at what I missed and what I didn't give you and your siblings. And I, like at times, I'd, oh, that that's really a hard cross to carry. Um, and uh, my consolation is that God fills in <laughs> the gaps for the older kids and, and it's never too late. So it's like, what can I do to fill in? Um, yet I can see the difference that it's making with the younger kids. And I'm like, Lord, thank you. Uh, thank you that you blessed us with a large family so that, you know, this numb school could uh, begin to learn and do some better things for uh, the younger kids and actually go from parenting and, and checking boxes with parenting to actually beginning to enjoy it and say like, this is cool. Like, I, I love this. I look forward now to reading with the kids at night into doing our morning scooter commute. <laughs> I actually want to draw attention to something that you just said that that's kind of been going through my mind as you're talking is that making that transition from checking the boxes of parenting to enjoying it requires you to start by checking the boxes because you said that, mm. that while I was younger, you were so involved with all the tasks you had to do with work. And something we were just talking about before we started recording the podcast was how there are a bunch of different things happening with Strong Catholic Dad right now. And the only way that I can keep track of all of my responsibilities without going crazy is to write down an extremely detailed to-do list so that I know when I create this graphic, I can check that off. And then I know at the end of the day, once they're all checked off, I've done everything. That's the only way I keep track of it. And so often in our work, whether it's Asana, whether it's Daylight, whether it's all these different apps that keep track of what we're trying to do, we're very, very careful to be detailed about our responsibilities and whether or not we've accomplished them. But then for some reason, when it comes to our relationships, I think that for you and me, and I think for a lot of men, putting in the time does not come naturally. It's not something that I'm like, you know what, man, I just, for me personally, I don't think, ah, I haven't called this sibling in a week. I need to call them again. Instead, it's like, wow, I haven't called that sibling in like eight months. I think I probably should call them again. (laughs) Sometimes we have to recognize our own weaknesses, recognize our own patterns, recognize our own behaviors and say, as bad as this might sound, I have to put on the calendar 
that I'm going to call this sibling or for a parent, as bad as this might sound, I literally have to create a to-do list to remind myself that every day I'm going to spend five minutes with my daughter and then I'm going to check it out. I, I had the opportunity to actually see there's a CEO of a Catholic company that brings in hundreds of millions of dollars who I got to have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with. It was crazy. I was totally unqualified to be in that meeting, but got to talk to him for 15 minutes and he sent me his personal monthly to-do list and had it, it had items on it like hug my wife every single day. Make sure that I have dinner with my wife at least three times a week, whatever. And he, you know, he's older. There's, they don't have as much family dinner. And I'm looking at it thinking he's treating his relationships. He's treating the things he wants to become an expert at in life the same way that he treats the things he wanted to become an expert at in work. And part of me thinks, well, shouldn't you just hug your wife every single day because you love her? And the answer is like, yeah, sure. But if you know yourself and you know that that's not what's happening or that's not the pattern that's been established, sometimes it does make sense to start with the checkboxes because eventually those checkboxes are going to transform into habits that you actually enjoy and you won't need them and you won't need the, the checkboxes anymore. Yeah, I totally agree. And the, and the wording that I've used to try to convey what you just said is that, uh, and it's in scripture where it talks about turning the hearts of fathers to their children and children to their fathers. It's like, my heart has gone from being harder to softened towards my children. It's like, I have a new heart and, and it, like, it's hard to explain it. Like the, not usually a way that a guy, ex that a guy expresses himself, but like, I feel the difference. And I used to you know, interiorly complain when my wife was like, okay, make sure to put the girls down and read to them. Now I really enjoy putting them down and reading to them. Um, and I look forward to it. Like we, we have a good time, you know, me reading the story and then like, we'll get to a good po point in a book and I'm like, okay, let, let's stop. And they're like, no, 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 read more. And I was like, okay, only one more page. And they know that they can usually get another chapter out of me if I say one more page. But we have the, this awesome opportunity to, uh, to relate with each other in a way that we hadn't done, I hadn't done with the older kids, and I, I rejoice at being able to do it with the younger. That's all we have time for today. If you like what you've heard on the podcast, please subscribe, leave a five-star review, and encourage your friends and family to do the same. If you want to support the work of Strong Catholic Dad, you can become a monthly sponsor for as little as $5 a month. I quit my job back in 2018 uh, to found Strong Catholic Dad, and as of right now, it's not enough to pay the bills. So anything that you can do is appreciated. Until next time, be strong in faith, strong in hope, and strong in love. God bless. God bless.